Good morning. Welcome to Genesis Church. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us this morning via live feed, and uh, we're really happy that you're here to celebrate Jesus with us. Lately, I've been thinking about life and, and just all of the things that are going on around, and it feels like things are out of control a little bit, and I don't know if you felt like that too, um, whether it be political things, uh, whether it be personal things, things at work, things in your life. Um, it feels like sometimes things are out of control, and it feels like the more we try and grab onto those things and the more we try to uh, control the things that are in our life, the more we have anxiety and the more we have uh, fear. And um, those are things that don't add life. I think that we all can agree on that. And so this morning, I want you to just take a minute, let go of those things, kind of just find a place where you surrender all of those things and uh, worship Jesus with us. Here I am, all my intentions, all my obsessions, I want to lay them all down in your hands. Only your love is vital, though I'm not entitled, still you call me your child. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. Oh. I've had plans shattered and broken, things I had hoped in. Well, they fell through my hands. You have plans to redeem and restore me. You're behind and before me. Oh, help me believe. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. You want me. Somehow you want me, the King of Heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me, you want me. Somehow you want me, the King of Heaven wants me. 
So this world has lost its grip on me. Oh God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to throw my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. Sing, you want me. You want me. Somehow you want me. The King of heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me. You want me. Somehow you want me, the King of Heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. God, you don't need me, somehow you want me, oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do I just want you I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions I'm sorry when I just sang another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've just my agenda. I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in Oh, I'm not here for blessings. 
just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do I just want you Nothing else Nothing else Jesus Nothing else Nothing else, nothing else will do. for being good. We thank you for holding us in your hand, even when things are 
crazy and seem out of control, Father, you are in control, and we love you. Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Jeff. I'm the senior pastor of Genesis, and it's great to have you with us. For those of you that are joining us by live stream, thank you. Hope you'll make a make this service uh, a part of your regular Sunday morning. I'm sneaking in here, okay, because I wanted to share some things with you in person. And first of all, I need to tell you why I'm not there personally, uh, along with Nina. Many of you know that my mother has entered home hospice care. That's, a of course, flipped our schedule upside down, and it requires 24-7 attention from us. We're pretty homebound. But on Sunday, Nina's able, usually Nina's able to cover for me and uh, so that I can be there in the service and, and preach. Well, this week, Nina had thyroid surgery. Everything's gone great. She's recovering, but she doesn't have her voice uh, back. And so I'm uh, also providing for her. So I could not be there this morning. We have a guest speaker. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. Real quick, couple of announcements. We want you to be sure that you know you can join us on Facebook uh, anytime you'd like to. Uh, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Jeff Corson. Of course, also on our website, go to our website, genesiscc.net and click on the Watch Here button. It's right front and center on the homepage, okay? So you can't miss us. Also, nothing gets blocked when you view the service from the website. Next, I'd like to be sure you know how to give if you would like to do that. You can text us. Text the word GIVE to this phone number, 720-730-8510. Again, 720-730-8510. Text the word GIVE and you can make a donation. Something special I want to bring to your attention this morning uh, that uh, I'm reaching out to you for your help. We have a computer there that helps us produce this service, both in the sanctuary and the live stream. That computer has come to the end of its lease, and we'd like to keep it. There's a buyout value on it. It's $750. That's what we have to exercise in order to keep this computer. I'm reaching out to all of you that are watching right now and asking you if you would consider a donation today in order to help us with that purchase so that we can secure and keep this computer and not interrupt our, uh, our production. Of course, we're not in a position right now to go out and lease or buy a new one. Could I get your help on that $750? All right, so three ways that you can help us. Number one, that <clears throat> donation this morning. You can text to give, all right, or text the word give once again 720-730-8510 and uh, Put in the amount that you'd like to give, and we'll receive that immediately right into the bank, very secure. Or you can go to the website and exercise uh, your giving there by clicking on the word donate. Number three, you can just call me at 720-878-8899. Again, call me at 720-878-8899. And we'll make those arrangements personally over the phone. Now, 
Our special guest speaker this morning is a dear friend of mine. He's the pastor there at St. John's Lutheran Church. I've asked him if he would fill in for me. He's going to be teaching on Acts chapter 19 and the Holy Spirit. I'm so excited. This is my Luther Costal brother, okay? So he's going to be ministering, and I'm so excited to introduce to you one, one of the great pastors in our city, and I say that sincerely because I've listened to this man for the past year deliver sermon after sermon, sound theology, but caring pastoral love. I, I couldn't find somebody better to take over our pulpit this morning and minister to you. He's, again, our friend, pastor there at St. John's, and he's going to bring you the word this morning. Come on, Wes Dunbar, give him heaven. Amen privilege to fill this pulpit to to share the word of God with you uh, today um, and our prayers go out for Vi that God would continue to strengthen her spirit and give her comfort and, and Nina um, to heal those vocal cords um, but I have to say I have to admit I have to confess that I strain her vocal cords as it is anyway because I will walk out of my office and your pastor Nina is my administrative assistant and so I'll get her involved in a conversation, and then we'll go down some rabbit hole, and we'll sit there and talk. And um, we still pay her for me rambling on, um, but nevertheless, it's um, <laughs> God bless you, Nina, and, and healing, and healing. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and um, I started thinking about uh, a message today, and I have been preaching through the book of Acts this summer with my St. John's folks, uh, and I am at, at Acts chapter 19, and I preached that sermon this morning. But, and here's where I'm throwing you the curveball, Pastor Jeff. Um, I was sitting back on the bench last week when you began preaching on hope. And I sat there and got inspired, and I was being a good Lutheran and quiet. I was not the Pentecostal side of me. It was the Lutheran side of me, and so I was being good and quiet back there. But I was shouting inside, and I was dancing. Um, and there was so many things. It's like I wanted to get up here and, and just riff off of each other and, and preach and, and just go back and forth. I'm afraid if, if you and I did that, Jeff, that we'd be here for like two hours just going back and forth and stuff like that. So I want to talk about hope. About three weeks ago, Pastor Nina and I worked, and that was one of my hour-long rants with, with me. We're talking about hope. What is that that brings us genuine comfort in these really difficult, traumatic, tension-filled times? As, as Matt Lisa were singing about that earlier, to, to release control to God. But we are in times like we have never seen before. We've all had to just face that fact. Um, so let's do some more unpacking of of hope, And it was so much of what Pastor Jeff said last week that has inspired and moved and, and shaken me around um, a little bit. Um, and let me grab a verse out of Philippians, the third chapter. And I'm going to go back and forth to Scripture, but also refer back to that First Thessalonians 4 passage that Jeff was looking at last week. This is the, the third chapter of Philippians and the 20th uh, verse... Our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform 
the body of this humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory, by the power that also enables him to make all things. Transformation is our hope. Change is our hope. But what's that based on? Okay, last week, Pastor Jeff opened up this 1 Thessalonians 4, kind of 11 through 17, 13 through 17, if you will. And Paul lays down this foundation of what hope is about. It is based on the death and the resurrection of Christ. Because Jesus is crucified, because Jesus is raised from the dead, we have hope. And then he goes on to use this metaphor of of resurrection and meeting Christ in the air where Christ is coming and, and, and like outside the city gates connects up with these people raised from the dead and meeting him in the air. And the word that Jeff brought up last week Parousia or parousia. Um, we could probably debate how you pronounce Greek words, um, but Jeff and I will both agree it's all Greek to us. So, but it, what it means is the coming of Christ or the appearing of Christ. And in that day of the writings of the New Testament, the word parousia, parousia, had two basic meanings coming over from the Hebrew scriptures that then got translated into Greek which is called the Septuagint, and twice, or not just twice, but two different meanings. And here's this wonderful first meaning. It means the coming of the divine healing presence of Yahweh. So when the Old Testament uses this word of whenever the divine healing presence of God is going to arrive, that's the word they used is this Greek word parousia, the coming of Christ. But with it is intermingled and interwoven this, the healing presence of Christ. And the second way, and this is what I want to kind of take off on a little bit today, is the royal entrance into the city. So if a king or a god was going to come into a royal, come in as a royal procession into a city, that would be the coming, that would be the, the appearing, that would be the presence of that individual. So if Caesar was going to go to Philippi or Thessalonica or Corinth or Ephesus, there would be this royal procession and they would go out to meet him, right? It would be a complete disrespect to Caesar if they were to sit at the city gates or they were to sit at their homes and say, yeah, he's coming in and he'll make it to city central and and we'll, we'll go see him when he's there. No, 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 no. You go outside the city gates and you meet him as he enters and the trumpets will blast and the crowds and the banners and the marching and all of it. It's a grand procession. And that's the image that we have from 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose, that's the foundation stone, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. 
for the Lord himself with a cry of command with the archangel's call. This is that image of the royal Caesar, the royal Lord, the king coming into the city with the cry of the command, with the archangel's call, and the sound of God's trumpet will descend from heaven and the dead and Christ will rise first. Paul is specifically using political language. Yeah, he knew he was always put juxtaposing. He was always putting Jesus is Lord over against Caesar is Lord. This is one of the many ways that he did that. He took a Caesar's processional parade of glory as, the, as a son of God that Caesar claimed that he was, and he would say, no, 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 it's Jesus who is Lord. It's Jesus who makes the grand procession. It's Jesus who enters, and it's the archangel's trumpet. It's not these trumpeters outside your city gate. Always, Paul is playing those off of each other. Clearly, Jesus is Lord as opposed to Caesar. But what is happening here? And this is what is so powerful about this message. And that's where I want to just pick up on on 1 Corinthians 15, because that's Paul's big resurrection chapter. That's where he talks about it extensively. And beginning at the 23rd verse in 1 Corinthians 15, For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, the first one raised from the dead. Then at his coming, at his parousia, at his coming, those who belong to Christ, they will arrive. Then comes the end. Then comes the end. There's no in-between time. There's no suffering time. There's no, no, this is the appearing. This is the coming of Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father in all glory. After he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's what the appearing, the coming, the parousia, that is our hope. And continuing, jumping over to the 51st verse, and I use this text all the time at funerals. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We'll not all die, but we will all be changed. The transforming power of the risen Christ in our lives. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, ah, there's that trumpet stuff. There's that political image of who's Lord at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. Again, second time, Paul's using this word change, transformed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability. And this mortal body must put on immortality. And then we're going to find that death has been swallowed up in victory. Death is the last enemy. So our hope is based foundationally in the death and the resurrection of Christ 
and His coming again to completely transform us. But Jesus is Lord now. And clearly Christians in that first century, Christians in the book of Acts, they understood what Paul was saying, what Peter was saying in those early sermons, that the risen Christ is Lord. And yes, it was political. There's no two ways about that one, which is why they always got in trouble with everybody, which is why they always ended up in prison or getting beaten or getting scolded or something. Every time, even when they went out throughout the Roman Empire to preach the gospel and see that people were saved, they're saying, Jesus is Lord. That's the first fundamental confession of faith. It's not some big long creed or something like, like churches that have the Apostles' Creed and all these other creeds. Just Jesus is Lord. That was the first confession of faith. And that was a confession that Jesus is risen from the dead and he's exalted on high with the Father forever. sits at the right hand of the Father and it was also here on earth a political statement. There is no other Lord. There is no Caesar that outdoes Jesus. Jesus is the Lord. and That's where our hope is. And this resurrection, this transformation, this, this change in our physical bodies is where God intervenes in history. So what is hope all about? Where do you find your hope? When do you find your hope? How? And this is where, and this is where Pastor Nina and I were talking, and it's, I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks now. It's just kind of been stirring around. God is active in our lives. God has been active in our lives. We have seen the, the healing presence, the comforting presence, the guiding presence, the chastising presence, the disciplining presence of God in our lives. This Holy Spirit works and moves and, and weaves into our lives in so many different ways. And it creates a strength and a stability and a dependence upon the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. That's the work of the Spirit. And as he teaches in John 14 and 15 and 16, there is hope in this. And it, and it specifically identifies the love and the joy. You'll have my joy will be in you. And your joy will be complete. And the peace those are just fundamental things. That's where we find this hope in our lives. We reflect back and we look back. Where has God been active in our lives? When we get in moments of despair, and I know what so often happens in our lives is we start going back into our history. We start going back into how the week has gone and how the month has gone and how the year has gone. And we start getting all morbid and, and sad. And we go to the negative. We go to the the, the Things that defeat us. Hold it, we've got another history. We've got another way that God has also been very evident in our lives, strengthening us and healing us and reminding us that God is always there. Those are the stories that form our lives moving forward. Those are the relationships with the body of Christ in the fellowship of the saints, in the power of the Spirit, that koinonia spirit that unites us together and moves us forward. Yes, we have a hope beyond the grave, but we have hope in this life as well. The strength and the, and the, the great gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us a, the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and, and the patience and the gentleness and the kindness and the uh, faithfulness and the self-control. All of that is part of this life that God gives us. Our hope 
is built on the faithfulness of God. That's our foundation. God has been faithful in our life. Specifically, historically, Jesus was crucified, rejected, but God raised him from the dead. God's faithfulness is where our hope is. And I know, and, I, and, and Pastor Jeff, this is where I could see that last week he and I were just simpatico. We were just, there's nothing about this teaching from Thessalonians, from Corinthians, or Philippians 3 that teaches that God magically, fantastically grabs up the saints and says, you don't have to suffer. Rapture is the way it gets talked about in 20th century North American theology and, and Bible. And like Pastor Jeff said last week, it's been around about 150 to 200 years. There is no way that the early church believed that God was some version of an escape artist and helped us escape the difficult times. What is the whole message of the Bible? What is the whole message of the incarnation? Christmas story. God became a human being and struggles with us and suffers with us and embraces us and is right there in the difficulty, in the hurt, in the pain, in the loss, in the poor decisions, whatever it is, that's where God is. There is no magical hand that goes, oh, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to hurt. Excuse me? That's not who God is. It's never been who God is revealed in Scripture at all. And that's just a distraction. Oh, we're special people, so we don't have to suffer. Anybody suffering, struggling, hurting right now? Hello? Of course, it's tough. Economically, families are hurting, businesses are hurting. It's tough. Politically, we're in shambles. I've never heard it so angry and so vicious. And I've been around and seen a few political situations. Lord have mercy. And we're so distracted. The pandemic has got us by the throat, and that's all we can think about. That's all we can talk about. Hey, there's serious things to be talked about. Yes, there are things that we can do, to, but our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the God who is with us all during the difficulty, who struggles along with us. And I will send you the comforter, the companion, the come-alongside Spirit of truth. That's the promise from John 16. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's what God promises to do. And God, you know, you look in your life, that's where God has been. That's where the power and the love, the joy, the peace of Christ has been. Because it is God who, even though we struggle, even though we hurt, even though we are stressed out and the anxiety scale is, is off the charts, it is God who brings life in the midst of that. It is God who brings hope in the midst of despair. It is God who brings healing in the midst of the sickness. It is God who gives us a road and carves out a path for us in the wilderness. It is God who brings the light of life, Jesus, into the dark dungeons of our hurt and our despair and our pain. 
That's the healing presence of God. The coming presence, the parousia of Jesus in our lives. The healing presence. And as we await that kingdom revealing, that pulling back of that final curtain that says the renewal and the recreation of heaven on earth, when we, as we await that great and glorious day, we can be people of hope. Because it's rooted in the work of Jesus, his death and resurrection. And we've seen it in our own history. We've seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in our families. We know a faithful God. Cling to that. Latch on to that hope. Latch on to that truth. There's a book I've got on my desk. Studs Terkel. He's written... Histories of, of the United States, current histories. Studs Terkel, if you remember, basically he doesn't write the histories. He just goes out and interviews people. He just, and he has a book entitled Hope Dies Last. And all it is is interviews with people that he has met throughout his life. Some of them famous, some of them significant players in, in politics and science and education. And, and others of them not so much. And they're just stories about how people clung on to hope. Hope dies last. We can hang on to Jesus because Jesus hangs on to us. Jesus is the one who has scooped us up first. Jesus is the one who has wrapped his everlasting and ever-loving arms around us. We need not despair in the difficult days. We know because God has always been with us. God, open our eyes to see your work in our lives. God, send your healing power and strength into the lives of people who have become hopeless. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, reach out to these people hearing these words today and strengthen them, remind them of your faithfulness in our lives. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in the one who has risen from the dead and soon to come, Jesus.
Nothing else will do I just want 